Hey, this is Craig Cannon, and you're listening to Y Combinator's podcast. Our guest today is Ed McManus. Ed was a technical advisor for season three of Silicon Valley on HBO. He came in to talk about what his experience was like working on the show. So we ended up talking about middle out compression, moving Pied Piper to AWS, and how to get into the incredibly niche profession of technical advising. All right, here we go. Okay, so today we have Ed McManus. He was a technical advisor for Silicon Valley uh, on HBO, season three. Um, so Ed, what's your background? Okay, so uh, I was a technical co-founder of a Y Combinator startup called Yardsale. Um, and uh, we launched uh, two products. Both were marketplaces uh, for iPhone. Um, so similar to uh, Craigslist for iPhone, um, uh, the first product was uh, called Yardsale, and the second product was uh, Fobo. And um, uh, we sold the company in 2015. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that background. <laughs> and somehow you became a technical advisor for a comedy <laughs> show. Now. Yeah. So, okay, um, how'd that happen? Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was so weird. I, like, it, it just it felt a lot like luck. Um, so the, the, the sort of uh, story here is, you know, we were cranking hard on our, our startup for four years, um, sold it in 2015, um, uh, and uh, the acquisition, it, it was kind of um, mostly just to sort of do right by our investors, return as much as, as we could. Um, uh, but it was not like, you know, phenomenal outcome for the company. Um, uh, but all of our uh, investors had sort of like been aware that we, we were sort of like looking for our next thing. Um, and it just uh, it just happened that uh, uh, randomly someone from HBO reached out to Greylock, who is one of our uh, uh, investors, um, and uh, asked them the question like, hey, we're trying to put together uh, sort of like this, this team of, uh, of uh, superstars from the tech world. Okay. Um, uh, uh, who, who, would you, who would you go after? Um, and uh, both me and my co-founder were on uh, a, a list of names that Greylock sent back. Okay. Um, uh, and yeah, from there, I think it was you know, just a matter of, of being available. Um, uh, <laughs> like it was vaguely yeah, unemployed, yeah, exactly. sort of funny. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I, I mean, it was it, it was kind of a crazy story because they they sent us an email, and I've been a huge fan of the show for uh, a really long time. Um, uh, and as soon as we got that, it just like was apparent to me this is a a, a drop everything and make this happen kind of opportunity. Um, so uh, they, they they flew us in for an interview. Um, it was it was kind of weird because it actually wasn't really an interview. It was just like our first day at work. Really? Um, but we didn't know this, right? So, so you like, and your co-founder were there. So we, we actually went on separate days, but we both had a similar kind of experience. I, I, I flew in uh, and uh, I grabbed lunch with uh, with the one of the other uh, technical advisors from the show. Um, and he's like, okay, you're all set for your interview. Um, so he drew, drew, drove me over to the, the studio lot, uh, dropped me off. Um, and I showed up at the, the Silicon Valley office and I, you know, told them like, Hey, I'm here for uh, the interview. And no one knew what I was talking about. Okay. Uh, so, so I told them who I was and they're like, Oh, okay. I think, I think we know where you're supposed to go. And so they, they, they lead me into the, the writer's room and everyone's in there. So like the, the whole, uh, so writing production team, is on. Yeah, exactly. Writing is on. Right. Yeah. I, I, I see Mike judge in the corner and it's just this like weird, surreal kind of like, I know who you are. You have no idea who I am. Like, you know, anytime you encounter someone that you consider to be a celebrity. Um, and, uh, uh, it, it turns out that it was just like, no one had told them either that I was showing up to interview. So it was just like, they, 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 uh, just gave me a seat and I listened for like three and four hours, uh, three or four hours and just like gave input wherever I could. Okay. Um, uh, and 
you know, it turned out that uh, most of the job is actually just sort of like sitting and listening. And it's very rare that you actually have to speak up and sort of like help them course correct. Hmm. Um, uh, but occasionally they would ask a question sort of like, you know, can you walk us through the fundraising process given like the company's at like a seed stage? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I'd provide some color there around that. And so your first day ends and like... You just leave. You just go home. So I just I, I just walk out. Yeah, I I, I uh, flew back up to San Francisco. Okay. Uh, got a call that night, and they said like, hey, it, it went it went great. Like we'd we'd like for you to join, uh, uh, and they wanted me to start that Monday. This is on a Friday that I inter- interviewed. Of course. Um, so I had uh, one weekend to sell everything. So I I just like had a sidewalk sale. Uh, I got one of my friends to help me out, and uh, like sold about eighty percent of the stuff that I owned. Um, just to like really commit to this and, uh, drove down to Los Angeles on, on Sunday night. Uh, I got in at like three in the morning or something on, on Monday and had to show up at uh, nine o'clock the next morning. Okay. Um, for like my first uh, full day of work. Okay. So like, just drop us into the context. What's happening in the show at the beginning of season three? Yeah. So at this point, I think like the first maybe two episodes had been written. It was still very early in, in, in the, the development of the season. Um, uh, but they had outlines maybe for like the first five or so episodes, and then beyond that, it was kind of like no one really knew where the where the season was going to go. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, when I showed up, I mean, it was like I, I was just trying to find my footing. Like it's it's just very it, like to be honest, it was hard. It was really hard because I've never done anything in entertainment. I've never worked with people like this before. Um, uh, everyone there was just like off the charts brilliant. Hmm. Um, Were they technical uh, at all? So. Almost everyone in the room had a very solid understanding of how startups work. Um, not technical, though, in the sense that like they couldn't, you know, write code. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but one of the things I was I was surprised by was how well the the writers sort of understood Silicon Valley and just the material they they were covering. Hmm. Um, uh, I, I mean, sort of like a common theme of my time on the show was actually that like I didn't have to do a whole lot of correction. Like okay. they kind of got it. So. Um, before every season, they actually come up to, to to San Francisco for I think like a week or two weeks and meet with a bunch of startups. So they they like every writer goes through this kind of like um, uh, you know crash course to to, to get up to speed. Okay. Um, uh, and so by the time that they actually start working on the season, they have like a pretty good understanding of sort of how you know how things work and what what life in startups is actually like. And so then, given that, like, where do you find yourself providing value every day at the show? Yeah. Um, so for the most part, it was, uh, you know, like, like I said, it, it, it was kind of, um, the job was explained to me, like, it's almost like being a lifeguard, right? So like, you kind of sit on the sidelines for a bit. Um, when you see something going wrong, that's when you like, you actually, uh, uh say something. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, I was, I was on hand to answer any questions and, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to recognize that I'm not like a comedy person. Like that is like, <laughs> that could not be further from my skill set. So, um, I tried to kind of like not like pitch jokes or do anything like that. Like I just recognize that that's not, you know, that's, that's not what I'm good at. So, um, uh, instead I was thinking through sort of like the technical details, um, uh, sort of like the strategy, like given where the, the, the company was at that point in time, like what are the, the kinds of things that they're going to uh, try and do? Mm. Um, and so were there, were there points where you felt that like they were going off course and you had to correct it? Yeah. I mean, there, there definitely were times where that would happen. Um, uh, but like nothing, nothing major, right? Like, I don't think, um, there were no, uh, there were, there were no like, like, like 
huge course corrections as a, as a result of, of, of my input. Hmm. Um, there were uh, definitely some, 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 you know, like, like tweaks here and there, but for the most part, if the writers wanted to do something, we could find sort of a technical explanation to justify okay. them doing that. Right. And like, I mean, that's kind of true. Like, I, I feel like that's not super, um, surprising, mm-hmm. right? Like, these guys are, you know, fantastic programmers. Supposedly they can do whatever they want. Like we can, we can find a justification for almost any kind of like story point. Mm. Um, uh, so the way it would work is they would, they would come up with these scripts and, uh, we would, uh, 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 so they, they uh, sorry, they would, they, they, the, the, the first step of the process was to sort of come up with these outlines. Um, uh, and from there, like they'd hand it off to a single writer who'd go off and turn it into an actual script. Um, uh, and they would more or less just leave blank spots. Oh, script. okay. Yeah. And so, uh, the, the bulk of my job at first was just kind of like filling in the blanks. Okay. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Uh, and, and, um, it's like, I, I thought that that was going to be easy, but it's actually, it's, it's fairly, like, it's, it's not super easy because like you have to come up with a dialogue that it's like, okay, you have two lines to explain sort of the technical details of what's going on here. You can't get into the technical details. So you have to like, keep it like very, like, like fairly vague. Right. Um, and that was, that was tough. Like, I mean, you can't get into the details because folks are essentially like, they're not going to understand or you don't have enough like words to fit in or like, I mean, it's, it's a combination of both, right? Even if we could dedicate 30 minutes to like just the technical <laughs> talking about compression, no one, would, no one would watch it. That's not why people like are interested in the show. So, um, you know, like the, the, the tech is there to serve the story. It's like, um, uh, you know, and, and I think that's, that's the right way to do it. Like the technical details, like another five years are not going to be super important. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, uh, like the, the stuff that people are going to relate to, it's, you know, it's like the, it's the, the characters, it's sort of like their own motivations, like the emotions, that kind of stuff. And so what examples did you fill in for? Like what gaps did you have to fill? Uh, I mean, any time like one of the characters says anything technical, that was something that, that like, was, yeah. that, that, that either I wrote or, or, or reviewed. Um, so for example, if it was something relating to compression, sometimes like if, if it were something that were really specific to an expertise, um, like I'm not a compression guy, but, but we have uh, folks who are working with the show who, who are. Mm-hmm. So, um, in that case, we would send that out to them, um, get their feedback, uh, and then sort of like try and bring everything together to, to make it work for the scene. Okay. And so then like going back then, um, can you talk a little bit about the entire premise of Pied Piper? Like is that possible? Is the compression algorithm they tried to do at the end of season one a thing? Like, <laughs> what's the deal with that? Surprisingly, yes. Um, okay. So, so when I okay, so there there's a couple of pieces here, but like one is that when I first showed up, I was like, this technology is too good, right? Like, <laughs> like if if this were a real thing, Pied Piper would never fail. Like, yeah. there, there's no chance, <laughs> right? Fail. Like, they yeah. could not fail. And so the challenge is like, how do you? like make them fail like at the end of every episode and so like the, the, you know every episode arc is kind of like things look great it's kind of like the um uh, we actually uh, it's almost like the anti-entourage right like that's uh uh like how how uh, some of them were thinking uh, about the show where like entourage is things like start off horrible and then by the end of the episode they're fantastic right silicon valley is the opposite <laughs> yeah silicon valley is like things seem like they're going so great like everyone's like on track to being a billionaire and by the end of the episode like never the, the, the sky is falling okay. so um uh the, the the challenge was to take this technology that's like like can't lose and like turn it into something that like you know like they, they keep stumbling over so um uh so that, that that was really tricky 
Um, and then, uh, 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 what was the, 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 oh, the algorithm at the end of season one. Yeah. The, the surprising thing with middle out is that like, there is actually technical background for it. And, and, uh, like, like it is actually the result of a lot of, uh, sort of machine learning developments, mm-hmm. um, uh, applied to compression. Um, so the, uh, sort of like the, the, the theory behind the tech, like is actually like. It's plausible. Like this is a, this is a, a piece of software that could exist. Hmm. Um, uh, most likely, it would not have the same kind of like characteristics that Middle Out does in the show. Um, uh, it's great for streaming. It's lossless. Um, like it has like all these performance characteristics, which uh, are like very difficult to achieve in the real world. Okay. So like if this thing existed in the real world, it'd be like no question, an absolute breakthrough. But wait, why wouldn't it exist? What are the issues there? It just because, well. It would it would just be a, a scientific breakthrough for something like like middle out to exist. Okay, gotcha. That's what it comes down to. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, so one of the things that I was wondering is like, oftentimes we find at least around YC that you know like Google or Huli isn't going to immediately replicate whatever you're working on. Did you ever bring that up that like the startup versus giant company thing is like maybe not the most common thing to happen in Silicon Valley? <laughs> but it does happen, right? And, and I think it happened more in the past. So a lot of the knowledge that the team is drawing on is actually kind of from the dot-com boom. Like, mm. So like in the 90s, so imagine Hooli's ac- actually Microsoft, right? Um, uh, Microsoft was like this significant threat. If Microsoft said they were coming after your market, like watch out. Right, so maybe a better comparison today would be like Facebook, right? Um, Google, like we we all kind of like have like all of my experiences with Google being sort of the dominant company, mm-hmm. and those guys are like just so nice, like like <laughs> like that that's something that's new, right? Like yeah. that didn't used to be the case. No. Um, so so now I think it's it's kind of like plausible that we can say like oh well the big company is not going to go after you know like the small startup, but like I think that's a new thing, and maybe not going to be the case for much longer, like mm-hmm. you know like. The, Facebook, for example, is getting a little bit more uh, 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 aggressive going after smaller spaces. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that that, that is like a, a legitimate concern. Okay, um, fair enough. Uh, I mean, it sets up the story really well. <laughs> and yeah, if nothing else, and it's, it's good for, yeah, it's good for driving the story forward. Okay. Uh, were, there any, um, were there any things left on the cutting room floor that you were really excited about that just got pulled, pulled from the show? So... Uh, yeah, actually, there were, uh, I think, like, one or two episodes at the end of the season. Um, so, like, episode, I, th- I think, like, like uh, I want to say episode nine or something, um, where the plan was actually to uh, uh, go to ephemeral. Um, so ephemeral is kind of like Burning Man in the Delta uh, here in, in Northern California. Yeah, I was on a boat that sank there. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, and, uh, like, it, 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 it sounded like it was going to be incredible. Um, uh, and, uh, that actually got cut, uh, more for production reasons than for, uh, you know, for like technical reasons. Um, uh, but that left the, the show with this hole in the season. And so, uh, uh, there was like this mad dash at the, uh, end of the, the sort of writing, uh, writing period to fill it in with, uh, like that, like two or three new episodes, which oh. is like, which is like incredibly difficult. So what, um, what episodes were those? So uh, was that like the luau thing, or yeah, it, it starts there. I think uh, I think the the, the 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 luau is maybe like episode seven or something. Uh, uh, but it was it was all around the the beta launch, um, and so like what we were left with is this like this this hole of a couple of episodes at the end of the season, and like the challenge is like okay, so like 
we're kind of screwed here, right? Like, like what can we do? And uh, like, I, I feel like if, if I pointed to any episodes that I sort of like added the most to, it would be those three. Okay. Um, uh, they ended up pulling directly from our experience uh, with, with Yard Sale, um, launching a beta and sort of like not being totally sure at first, like whether this thing is working or not hmm. um, and getting a really strong, like positive signal early. And then, you know, like four, six months in, you're looking at the numbers and you're thinking like maybe this thing's not not as strong as we thought yeah and were you guys uh so if i remember correctly that's also when the numbers are being faked right so that yeah that happened uh a little bit more towards the end oh, that's okay. like things were getting so dire uh you know they were about to run out of money uh that like uh uh they go off and start faking some numbers oh okay, um, okay. that originally was going to be sort of a plot around growth hacking and then it like just like edged its way into fraud (laughs) but there was like this whole fascination around uh, growth hacking and and buying users and that kind of stuff um and of course like you know take yourself back to five years ago in the the startup world uh four four or five years ago like growth hacking was like like this new hot thing like it it seemed like a legitimate way to sort of like get your product uh to product market fit Mm. um so it was like super alluring and then it kind of like entered this kind of like this gray hat world and just got gradually worse and worse. It's so great. Yeah. And so the, the, the show ended up being kind of like a reflection of like, sort of like where that was, where that was going. Um, because I mean like, yeah, there, there, there is definitely legitimate and sort of like bad, yeah. <laughs> like, like growth hacking. Right. And then were, were there moments like, you know, you, when you think about like growth hacking in the industry or, or whatever, they're often like prominent figures. Mm-hmm. Um, were you ever asked to like put someone on the spot and it like felt like too on the nose, like making fun of them directly or is that just kind we, of like all fair? Yeah. We have a reference to, to Theranos, uh, in the show. Um, but that was kind of like, you know, it was, it was so, it was like very common knowledge, uh, at that point. I think that, that like we, the show would not go after anyone, um, uh, unless it were sort of like already kind of like a big story yeah um uh, a lot of what the writers end up using uh uh is is you know stuff that gets pulled from the headlines really it's you know like real stories that they just sort of like reshape to to kind of fit the situation that the uh pied piper guys are in because that's what i always wondered right like it always feels like not to say that it's like a uh, basic but it, it is like popular culture silicon yeah, valley yes. right and so were there moments where you were trying to like push it to be like more like ephemeral isle is, is actually a really good example but um were there other like more like fringe things people were trying to put in that folks would be like i don't know about this and then take it out if anything i i wanted more of that stuff in this yeah show. Um, so like one of the, I remember watching like season one and season two and thinking like, why are these guys building, you know, like their own servers? This doesn't make sense. No one in the startup world does this. Right. And, and it felt really inauthentic to me. And so like, you know, season three comes around, I'm like finally in the position to do something about this. And and so like one of the things that like I was, you know, like, uh, I was like, we have to get the guys to move to AWS. Okay. Um, at the very least, right? Like, I think that like, if we could have gotten them to Heroku, that would have been even better. Um, That's great. (laughs) But, but, but there was, uh, uh, like the audience for Silicon Valley is interesting, right? Because it's not all startup people, but there are a lot of technical people who are sort of like really in, like into it. Um, and uh, uh, so, like a, a lot of the technical folks who watch, they're not they're they're like maybe sort of like not on like the you know like the the bleeding edge of of kind of like uh, trends that are like you know catching on in the startup world. Um, for startups, like if you're not building on AWS, like 
you're really behind. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in, in, in so watching the show as someone who had act, like actually done it, a, a startup like that was something that didn't sit well with me. Um, so, so like, uh, 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 yeah, got them to, uh, to, to, to move to AWS, had to make a case for that. That's really uh, great. And like, we expected a lot of uh, pushback from like developers watching the show saying like, oh, like, you know, you should like, they would never move to AWS. Like they want control over their own servers, like whatever, uh, the, the, those complaints might be. Um, uh, it, it was fine. I, I think like, like no one, no one really complained. So like the timing ended up being, being good. That's so cool. So what about like all of those other elements where like the show touches the real world? Right. So like, you know, you, we talked before we were starting the interview about you doing like things that were like off on screen elements that weren't writing. Right. Like when do those things come into play and like where did what did you work on in particular yeah i mean so if you watch any episode just pay attention to the stuff in the background because like the show is designed to be uh possible like like you can freeze frame anything and like look at the the, the documents for example in their hands or like the whiteboards in the background okay uh all of that stuff is like me uh, uh and or like you know uh, uh some of the uh, other consultants working on that just like, like writing on post-it notes and yeah, yeah okay. right exactly um like the 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 scrum board is a good example of that like every post-it has something that you know like we had to like sit down and spend time thinking about um and uh yeah i mean i like i both love and hate uh, uh the process of making those whiteboards um there were times where like walking the cast through sort of like like uh, there, there's one scene in particular uh, during the uh, feedback, the, the user feedback uh, session, um, where uh, Richard gets up and starts drawing some stuff on a whiteboard. So, like, I had to sort of walk him through each of those pieces of, like, okay, this is what this, you know, th- this uh, graphic here means and, like, that kind of stuff. Um, and that was awesome. Um, uh, there was another time where we had some code displayed on a, a projector. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, like, I got to walk Mike through, like, what this code actually did. Um, uh, I think in the second episode, we hid uh, an Easter egg uh, in uh, some C code okay. uh, that we, like, had just sort of, like, like flash on screen for, like, a second. Okay. And, and people are pausing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pausing it, copying it over, and, and actually compiling it. Um, and it was kind of cool. I wrote, like, a, a, a really simple uh, uh, compression algorithm. Okay. Um, uh, like, it's hard to even call it a compression algorithm, but, like, uh, took this, this character string... Um, and you could you could decompress it, expand it into a larger string, uh, which just got uh, printed to the, the console. Okay. Um, I can't remember what what message we settled on, but um, but someone ran it. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it ended up being a big post on Reddit. That's and amazing. It was just like those attention uh, that attention to detail. Was that code online anywhere? Like, were you guys on GitHub doing all that stuff? Or? So yeah, so it, it it's online now. It wasn't it wasn't originally. Okay. And so the show is not done. A ton of like crossover into the real world. Um, last season, we had uh, uh, this character Winnie, um, uh, and I actually I, I created a, a GitHub profile for uh, playback purposes, right? Mm-hmm. So just like we wanted an authentic looking GitHub profile, the best way to do that is just to make a GitHub yeah. profile for that person. So, um, uh, so I made one for Winnie, um, and we had to populate it both with a fake commit history mm-hmm. uh, and also with uh, uh, like projects that you know she would have pushed to. Um, uh, so set all this up, uh, got the, the, the screenshots and the playback, uh, finished. 
Um, and then I forgot to delete the account. <laughs> and so as soon as it aired, people were you know like searching on on, on GitHub for this this uh, for for this character's username, and so she showed up. That's <laughs> and, amazing. And so it ended up going viral on on, on Reddit. Okay. And uh, um, I was just like instantly flooded with with pull requests, and uh, like it was a really kind of awesome experience. And it was like one of the first times that that the show like really crossed into the the, the real world in like an authentic way because it was accidental. Yeah. Um, but it was it was. It was very cool to see. Were there ever any moments where you were actually thinking about like building some kind of software thing that would like overlap, or was that just never, never crossing the mind? Of there, the show? Yeah, there, there, uh, there's, there's one um, uh, uh, idea in particular. Um, I was working on an audio project at the time and realized that like we could um, uh, pretty easily sort of encode uh, like text. Uh, in an audio file, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, uh, one of the, the the pitches in the writers' room was actually to have a character who would sort of like play a little clip of audio for like you know some uh, some fantasy app that he was he was working on, oh. and uh, anyone with the corresponding uh, 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 app could actually sort of decode the audio, and it'd be like you know a secret message that that, that we could we could send out. Yeah, exactly, a little Easter egg that we could send out to all the viewers that's amazing yeah. and then what about the people like being introduced in the show the other characters like do you as startup guy for the show mm-hmm. um like are you trying to like pull out those characters to throw them in or do they never even ask you for that kind of thing all of that like like very little of that comes out of uh, like a technical need yeah um so so it's almost exclusively just for you know story purposes of, of like like moving things forward um, and so, uh, you know, there, there's an opportunity to provide some input and say like, well, this is what that person might work on. Yeah. Um, and that would be a good example of like a blank left in the script, right? So like someone's title. Um, and so like even, even the small things like that, which are not necessarily like, it's not code, right? Like it's not, it's not like, like related to, to programming. Um, but it is a technical detail. And so like you can give them a, 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 a title, for example, that's kind of like tailored to the startup world. Okay. Um, and so... That was, you know, like that's a that's a good example of the kind of thing that. Right. Okay. But you don't have to like predict the future and like bring people in right. and okay, right. that makes right. sense. Um, so I know this is like a very obscure kind of job, but if someone who was in the startup world wanted to get into it, right. how would they get into it, and then how do they get good at it? It's yeah, it's 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 a tough one to answer, right? Because like this isn't a real job. Like they're like this doesn't exist in the way that like you can't apply to be like a technical consultant really. Like um you kind of like you luck into it a little bit. Yeah. And um uh there are I, I guess I can think of three different routes like to sort of like get into a position like this. Um the first two are like not very reliable. The first uh, uh, is just like you kind of be someone in, in uh, my position um, uh, who just, like, worked really hard at startups, right? Um, uh, and, like, I never thought that this would lead to sort of, like, a, something in entertainment, uh, like, in the entertainment world, but, you know, it, it, it did. Um, uh, uh, the second is to be an expert in, like, some specific field, which, like, also, like, like, yeah. like at no point <laughs> will luck. you be doing that so that you can get, you know, like, to work on a show. The third, uh, I think, is kind of, like, the best route, and that's to work at, like, an agency or uh, some kind of organization that also works with um, uh, production companies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the uh, the guy who brought me on board, Jonathan Doten, uh, who is sort of, like, the, the, the main uh, consultant for the ter- first ter- two seasons, um, uh, that was kind of his path in. 
Um, uh, and for that, you know, like you kind of just be on the lookout for promising scripts mm. um, and then try and jump on them uh, uh, when you can. And the, the benefit of that is that you get in early um, uh, and, you know, you can, you can stick with the show for, for a long time. Are you dabbling with other shows at this point? No, no, no. I mean, it was like a real big, uh, um, I had a hard time figuring out whether or not this is something I wanted to continue doing. Um, Because like on the one hand, it was an incredible experience. Um, On the other, I know that my my sort of like position is up here in San Francisco, like working on startups. Like it's doing actual startup stuff, not sort of like the... the, 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 Pretend. Yeah, exactly. And um, so after, after this last season... I just felt like I like I needed to come back. Like, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it was definitely I was I was kind of fifty fifty on it for for a while, um, but just felt like you know like I had given them all my stories. Like, if I went back for another season, it would be like I don't know what to tell you at this uh, point. <laughs> like, you haven't worked on a video chat app, no. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. And so who do um, who do you think is doing this particularly well? Like, what other shows are like? really technical and in an interesting way that's like somewhat plausible right there's a couple of shows so uh, there's two shows i'm watching right now that i'm like obsessed with yeah um, one is mr robot and uh, even when i was on silicon valley i kind of said like this is the gold standard for both playback and technical accuracy mm-hmm. um uh they really nailed it so like uh you know the technical details are, are sound um uh sort of like the technical story actually plays a, a pretty big role in the show as a whole uh, um, uh, and yeah, like everything about it feels, it feels good. Um, the second show I'm watching is Halt and Catch Fire, okay. uh, uh, which I actually just started watching like a month ago okay. <laughs> and it's fantastic. It's, it's like, it's so good. Um, and the thing is that like, it, it takes place in the early eighties. So, uh, you know, the, the tech that they're talking about, it's not something I'm familiar with. And I, I imagine that, like, like, there's, like, only a couple dozen people uh, in the world who, like, really will pay attention to and the And are details. watching the show at the same time. Right, what, right. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, like, in some sense, like, it's almost like an easier job. But, uh, um, yeah, the, the, those two shows in, in particular, I think, are, are uh, really great. Um, every new show that comes out on the scene, though, is, like has a really high bar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know if Silicon Valley is just kind of like leading the way here, um, uh, but it seems to be like a, a real strong trend that, uh, especially as like production budgets go up. Mm-hmm. Um, another big, big thing is that like uh, uh, season orders are going down, right? So like now instead of like producing 20 episodes a season, they're only doing 10, mm-hmm. um, which just means that the, the, the quality of every episode is so high mm-hmm. um, that they can you know afford to take the time to reach out to the consultants they need to like really get the details right. Yeah, I'm curious to see if like, you know, given Amazon and Netflix spending so like billions of dollars on new programming, if they're just gonna throw a ton of technical people into it. Like even the science fiction shows, like because it seems like it's tremendous value add. Um, And there's so many nerds to like (laughs) wanna do this. Um, Has it like gotten you excited about working in comedy or anything or doing comedy? So I felt like a part of my brain was getting exercise that like had just, you know, like been dormant for like the six years of like doing a, a, a startup. So, um, like it was, it was, it, it was great. Um, uh, I don't know if like, I do not think I have a career of uh, comedy ahead of me, like definitely not. Uh, uh, but like, yeah, it was still, you know, just a incredible experience. That's awesome, dude. Okay. So what's next for you? 
I don't know, uh, startup, I think. Um, uh, so, like, it, it ended up being a really cathartic experience working on the show. Um, and I, uh, the last three episodes of, of season three were, like, such a bummer. Like, there's one scene where, like, Richard is just lying in the bathtub and it seems like everything's gone wrong. And, like, I remember really associating with that and just thinking, like, oh, man, like, I've been in that, I've been in that place, yeah. you know? Um, uh, so there was, there, there were definitely, like, like, a year or two years where, like, after doing my, my startup, like, you know, I didn't want to write code again. Um, and this was like this is like one step in the process for sort of like getting getting back into it. Hmm. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, now I'm you know pretty pretty stoked to jump into something again, feel energized and, and rested. So, yeah. all right. Well, the last question then is like, why is YC not in Silicon Valley? That's a that's a, that's a question that I asked the writers, and I started to realize that like it was kind of on their radar, but they didn't really understand the significance of Y Combinator in Silicon Valley. Oh, right, like, like fully. And, like, as soon as I started realizing this, I kind of, like, backed off a little bit. Because, like, if Y Combinator in Hacker News specifically, that, like, Hacker yeah, News that was, was a huge surprise. Right. Yeah. Hacker News is, like, never mentioned. Yeah. And, and I, I, like, I brought this up at, at one yeah. point um, and realized that it was, like, just barely on their radar. I felt like maybe I shouldn't push this. Like, maybe it's all right <laughs> if this is just kind of a secret. Like, you know, uh, uh, if, uh, uh, you know, it, like... But that that was definitely something that you know I, I've thought a lot about. Um, Hacker News is like like the place to go. Why YC is the place to go if you're doing a startup. So like yeah, that's well, definitely, we may have just missing. outed ourselves. I know. So don't don't be shocked if that if that shows up in the next season. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're great. All right. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show and leave a review on iTunes. After doing that, you can skip this section forever. And if you'd like to learn more about YC or read the show notes, you can check out blog.ycombinator.com. See you next week.